it comes to Jerry DePoto and making trades, it's oftentimes not for the player nor with the team you're thinking of. So on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're thinking outside the box. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, June 8th, 2023. This is Tidding and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. It's another off day for the Mariners today, so we're going to turn this into a trade special. And... We're going to do something a little bit different with this one. Colby's done some digging, and we're going to talk about some potential trade partners and targets most wouldn't expect to be possible. But before we do that, I want to address something. And this is going to be the only time we address this. We're just going to get this out of the way because it's it's really it's it's really silly. Um, Colby, I don't know if you've seen the comment section on our last couple of videos, but uh, hasn't been great not super positive and you know i can't entirely blame mariners fans because uh this has been an awful 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 road trip but i've seen a couple of common comments over the last couple of videos that i i, I do want to talk about here uh saying that we're pushing this narrative that it's still early that we're trying to convince our listeners that it's still early that you're all overreacting about the struggles of the mariners blah 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 even though and you can run the tapes back on this on monday show we quite literally said it's not early anymore we're about two and a half months into this thing and the mariners right now need to have a great month of june or else their season probably done because it has a domino effect on how they approach the trade deadline and how they approach the last three months of the season as a whole so let's get that out of the way here Let's make that definitively clear. It's not early anymore. We don't think it's early. We are just as, if not more so, disappointed than you. And honestly, I would say more so because we have a lot more writing on the Mariners' success than the average Mariners fan because when they lose, when they lose consecutive games, fewer of you tune in. Fewer of you watch the show or download the show, and that directly impacts the livelihoods both Colby and I. So not only are we upset from the, you know, from the standpoint that we're passionate, lifelong Mariners fans, you throw in the monetary aspect on top of that. We're incredibly disappointed with what we see. Like, do you think that we come on here every single day and enjoy talking about loss after loss after loss after loss and talk about a painfully mediocre ball club, which the Mariners pretty much are right now? No, we don't at all. This sucks. But that said, it's not our job to both match and coddle your outrage with the team. It's not our job to call for the heads of Jerry DePoto and Scott Service following back-to-back 90-win seasons. Especially when we just, when we simply think, look, we don't have 
any personal ties to Jerry DePoto and Scott Service. We don't owe them anything. We just think that they deserve a little bit more leash than two disappointing months before we start calling for their jobs. Our job here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast is to create fun and diverse content for you guys to engage with. And some of it not going to be for you. Some of it will. That's just how things are. But let's stop with this whole BS that we're bootlickers because we're not pissed off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You don't want a prize for being the angriest Mariner fan. Um, And if you're so angry after Mariner losses, that the only thing you can do is try and yell at us for not being as angry as you. Um, I would suggest a stop watching baseball because it's probably not good for your mental health, but also be try getting a life. How about that? Go outside and touch some grass. It's going to be fine guys, because at the end of the day, the Mariner team could lose a hundred games and the sun's still going to rise tomorrow. We're still going to talk about this team. We're still going to continue to put out the, the, you know, the same uh, podcast. um, And you guys are still going to come into the comment section and somehow take your frustrations out on us, even though we've done nothing but just react and give you our honest opinion on a baseball team that we don't have any say on. We don't. So all your, they should have spent more. They need to spend more. Why don't you get on them for spending more? How would that help? How would that help? That's not even and fun. We, and for we've us. done it. And we've done that. We've done that. Yeah. You can go back like, and listen gonna... to the old episodes. We, we're yeah. not going to reiterate that every single episode. I'm sorry. We're just not. That's not fun to us. That's not interesting to us. And that's not interesting to a lot of our listeners, frankly. Honestly, it's not interesting to the people who want us to do that every single day. Trust me, it's not. We did that every single day. You guys would stop watching. It's just the same conversation over and over and again. It, and if you want it's that, boring. And if you want that, by all means, there are other shows covering the Mariners out there that are doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, it's their there's, whole personality. There's plenty of content that is doing exactly that, and you're more than welcome to go and listen to that. Okay, yep. some like that. That's just as simple as that, really. So, look. I, I get maybe that it's frustrating at times that, you know, your favorite Mariners podcast, I would think your favorite Mariners podcast, considering how passionate you guys act about this down in the comments, is not as upset as you are. But again, we're really disappointed with how this season has gone so far. Like, we're not thrilled that this team is 30 and 31 right now. <laughs> like, that's not great. That's not fun. That's not at all what we were expecting out of this season. But we're also not delusional because we're not allowing ourselves to ignore the the simple fact that mathematically speaking, the Mariners are one solid runaway, not even a 14-game win streak, just a solid runaway from completely changing the complexion of their season. Yeah. I mean, go in five in a row and see how much the, the comment section changes. Like, it is what it is. I'm glad you guys are <clears throat> passionate and you want to win. You should. And absolutely you should you should demand more from an ownership group. Um, you know, like like this one, but you need to separate your <clears throat> your uh what angers you because it's not us. Because you sit here and yell, oh, we're not being harsh enough on ownership. How would you like us to be harsher? By not doing a show, by not covering the team 
or by doing the same exact show every single day mm -hmm. to soothe the anger of like 10% of this fan base? No. The answer is no. We're not going to change. So either you do or don't bother listening. Like, you know, we're not doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. So <clears throat> I don't, you know, I don't have time or the patience to deal with those comments anymore. Um, and they're just, they're just not interesting. There's nothing interesting or new being added when people, you know, go into our comment section or they reach out to us on Twitter or whatever. And they're just like, you guys are bootlickers. You guys don't even care, blah, blah, blah. I assure you we care more about this team than just about anybody out there. And it's evidenced by the fact that we record, what, eight, nine episodes, uh, podcast episodes a week just talking about the Seattle Mariners. So, yeah, miss me with your with your BS because I don't have time for it. It's a baseball team at the end of the day. Yeah. It's fun to watch a baseball team even when they struggle. So, yeah, will we get on ownership if they don't spend? Yeah, on, on occasion. Is it going to be every single day? No, because that's boring and it's lame mm -hmm. and it doesn't help anybody or anything. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess in summation, grow up a little. I don't know what to tell you. Have a laugh. Don't watch a baseball game this week. Take a week off and then come yeah. back. Like, Look, there's uh, nothing that we are going to do to help you. I, We're just going to talk about this team. I get a lot of you are frustrated, but you need to find another place to place your frustration. Like and, and look, you guys. And by the way, you guys are more than welcome to disagree with us in the comments yeah. and all that. That's oh, totally fine. That's totally yeah. fine. Just when it gets to the uh, to the point where claims, or yeah. false claims are being made, name calling. When it gets mm -hmm. abusive, yeah. we're we're not gonna. There's no tolerance for that. But we have no by tolerance the way, for that. Yeah, just the proper place to take your anger, though, is not into the players' DMs. Don't yeah. be that guy. Yeah. So I also wanted to address that as well because Taylor Saucedo. Uh, who is the least responsible player out of everyone on the Mariners roster for their struggles right now, uh, received a death threat in his DMs, and he posted it on, on his Instagram last night. Yeah. And Can't go into any more details on that because we'll get demonetized. And I'm not 100% certain, but I believe the person is a listener of our show. And if you are listening to the show, go away. We don't yeah. want you here. You're a terrible person. Get help. Just just call it what it is. You're a terrible get, person. Get help. Yep. Get help. There's no right. no place for that in our community. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. That's uh that's all I want to spend, you know, that's as much time as I want to spend on this. So moving on, we're gonna be talking about some trades. We got a, a fun show plan for you. Colby's done some research on some uh teams and uh players, maybe that uh you wouldn't expect might be available or might be willing to trade uh this summer uh, so we're going to go over that in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the locked on mariners podcast is brought to you by bird dogs now i hate shopping for summer clothes i just want to be comfortable no matter if i'm at the ballpark back at home recording an episode of locked on m's oftentimes though i find myself settling for clothes that feel cheap tight and restricting and make me sweat in all the wrong places gross i know Thankfully, Bird Dogs has me and therefore you covered. Their wide selection of insanely comfortable shorts, joggers, sweatpants, polos, and more have me ready for any occasion this summer throws my way. I mean, who doesn't love stretchy fabric and built-in underwear? It's time to look good, feel good, and play good this summer. 
Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Because what's even more important than staying comfortable this summer? Staying hydrated. And you can do both with bird dogs. And that's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, the Mariners, of course, off today, but they'll get back after it against the Angels this weekend. You can listen to all the action starting tomorrow night on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. So, Jerry Depoto last week on 710 Seattle Sports uh, was asked a lot about trades and the trade deadline and what the Mariners' approach it's going to be heading into the trade deadline and heading into this, you know, trade season overall, which really starts to slowly but surely kick into motion around June 1st. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of teams right now are really focused on the draft and a lot of, you know, trade talk isn't going to continue until after the draft is over, which, of course, is at the all-star break. Um, but Jerry did have some interesting things to say. Um, most of it, you know, we already know it's all, you know, most of it just reiterating what the Mariners philosophy is when it comes to trades, nothing groundbreaking there. Uh, but he did talk about how, you know, some of the talks that, you know, they're having or that, um, occur around this time or with teams that you wouldn't expect to be selling major league pieces and about players that you wouldn't expect to be available. So Mm -hmm. Colby, you've looked into that a little bit this morning. You've looked into some teams that we would think are just straight up buyers uh, this summer uh, that actually might be willing to sell off some major league pieces. So let's dive into that. Yeah. So caveat here though, is obviously these teams that are willing to sell off major league pieces or might be, they're going to want major league pieces back. So it's, it's a major leaguer for a major leaguer trade. You're not trading prospects for, a major leaguer, not not from these teams, more than likely. Um, so I, I think you know you, you kind of you take Jerry Depoto's statement about teams that you might not think are willing to sell major league pieces and and guys you don't think might be available, stuff like that. To me, that points to more of just kind of a a bigger like, hey, don't don't look at rentals, don't focus on, uh, you know, don't just write somebody off because of the name, actually look at what they can bring to the table. And there, there's a few teams out there that I think really fit. Um, one of them being the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay has the second worst bullpen in baseball by, by F4 standards. That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, only Oakland is worse. Now there's wow. a big gap between Oakland and Tampa, but uh, Tampa Bay does have some bullpen issues. Uh, the Mariners have a very good bullpen and they're very good at finding bullpen pieces that work. So um I think that's a possibility to look at. Obviously, again, you're going to have to trade big leaguers to get big leaguers with Tampa Bay. Uh, but it's not just the Seawalds and the Brash who all make sense for Tampa Bay. It's also Trevor Gott. It's also Justin Topa, Gabe Spire, Taylor Saucedo. These guys all make sense uh, for Tampa Bay, uh, especially if their bullpens are strug- have struggled. And Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense because not only ha- do the Mariners and the Rays have a long trade history together, but the Rays are very willing to trade major leaguer for major leaguers. Uh, if you if you want proof, go look at the Willie Adamas trade. They traded their starting shortstop for two good relievers, um, not even great relievers, just two good relievers, um, and they're definitely going to be willing to do that again. They have a deep lineup. They have a deep farm system. Uh, so there are some guys on that team that make a lot of sense. We'll talk about one of them 
uh, later on, I think in our last segment, uh, just kind of a guy who's kind of caught my eye. Don't love the idea, but I think it's worth talking about. Okay. But there are a couple guys on the Rays that make sense, and the Mariners have something that the Rays would want. Um, also, for the Rays, watch Tom Murphy. Uh, Rays catching situation is not bad, but could be better. And Murphy mm-hmm. is a guy who's going to get a lot of at-bats for them, in theory. So that's one team to watch, Tampa Bay. Uh, how about Baltimore, the team that's chasing them right now? Uh, this one's going to be a little controversial, sure. But, you know, Baltimore not getting a lot of production out of their first baseman. The Mariners have Ty France. <clears throat> I just throwing that out there. You know who else doesn't get any production from their first base spot? Who? The Houston Astros. Um, oh, yeah, that is right. Yeah. So there's a couple teams there that need first baseman. You know who else? Uh, isn't getting anything out of their first base spot who may or may not be buyers. It, Again, reminder, you guys are allowed to disagree with us in the comments. <laughs> no trade tie France for JP France. Done deal. Um, <clears throat> so there you go. Uh, as soon as you mentioned the Astros and tie France. Oh yep. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say what you want. I'd rather win than, you know, worry about agent of what chaos. The Astros are doing. Truly an agent of chaos. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. Call me Loki. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, another team that are they buyers? Are they going to? I don't know. I don't know. But Philly, Philly needs a first baseman. Um, Reese Hoskins is a free agent after this year, anyways. They don't have a long term answer there. Ty France could make sense for the Phillies. Um, so I think when you're looking at, <coughs> I'm sorry, I think when you're looking at potential, you know, major league for major league uh, deals, um, you have to really it's pretty you look at what you have that you can offer and what you need and you try to you try to team them up so mm-hmm. any of those teams uh or any of those ideas interest you ty all right so what are you trading ty france <laughs> for ideally because I, I i assume that you've put some thought into that with some of those teams right like baltimore or houston yeah so the thing with baltimore is it's it's tough uh with baltimore because obviously you're not getting Rutschman or Henderson or, or anybody, you're not getting Mullins or anybody like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think you're kind of looking at, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Allergies. allergies. Yeah. I'm killing you. Um, I don't know. Like, here's the deal. France also has two full years of club control after this year. So for me, when I'm looking for France, I'm looking for a similar ish bat who can either play in the outfield or second or third. Because it's just easier to find a first baseman in the winter than it is those sure. positions. Um, so the guy in Baltimore that that kind of jumps out a little bit uh, is a guy we've talked about a lot. Anthony Santander uh, mm. is kind of interesting. You'd be trading essentially two and a half years of France for a year and a half of Santander. Uh, but again, the the ability to play right field is, is pretty big uh, for Seattle because they don't really have a right fielder next year. So somebody like that, what, what, what would you think of that? Um, it's, it's the lack of club control. Like it's, it's the trading two and a half years of Ty France for <laughs> one and a half years of Santander. Now Santander has more power, right? Mm-hmm. He plays a, arguably a greater position of need. <clears throat> um, Maybe not really for this year, but definitely next year because I said this what on on Monday or maybe yesterday I forget that Teoscar Hernandez isn't going to be back next year. 
you can take that to the bank. So they're going to need an outfielder at some point. They're going to need to address that at some point. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. Does Austin Hayes is another potential. How, uh, how much club control does he have left? Hayes? I don't know. I don't, <clears throat> I'm willing to sacrifice a year of club control in particular when it's Ty France, uh, just because first base is just easier. It just is like, right. So I, I don't, I'm not trading Ty France for a rental, obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah. Hayes has yeah. the same uh, amount of club control. Um, yeah, Hayes, I'd be more <laughs> open to, but I'm not sure if the Orioles would. He's do also that a worse well. player. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's 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 a conversation starter for sure. It's just I don't know if it necessarily makes sense on, on both ends, right? Because for the Orioles, right, why would you trade Santander for France? Obviously, you're not getting a lot of first base production, but still, you one can make the argument that you're getting worse. <clears throat> so. I kind of don't think so. Really? I think All France right. is better than Santander, but. Again, All right, well, then about... from that, from, well, then with you admitting that, then then why would you trade more club control with, with France for a worse player who has less club control? more important position better fit in the ballpark yeah Santander's lefty power is going to play a lot better in T-Mobile than Ty France's power which has always been suboptimal for a first baseman anyways true yeah and we haven't really seen him take that next step of the power like we were hoping for uh, this year Um, Um, one other team that might work for France uh, we won't talk about Houston, because I know that makes people uncomfortable or whatever. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah. So Philly, Philly kind of has a problem in that they're older and and expensive. So to find the young player at a position you need more, like I don't think it makes a lot of sense to trade Ty France for like Alec Baum. Um, Would they trade Brandon Marsh for him? That's what I was thinking. I don't think they do it straight up because Marsh still has four and a I think four and a half years of club control, and he's been really solid this year. So I and yeah. he's a center fielder. Um, so I don't think they do that straight up, but like, and I, I think they have to get back in the playoff race uh, for them to make a lot of sense here for Ty France in particular. But could you do like France and like Brash for Brandon Marsh? Yeah, again, you're getting you know you're you're getting an extra two years of the offensive yeah. player for a guy that for, plays up the middle. Right. And you're giving up Matt Brash, who's a reliever who you've, you know, had a ton of success in finding. Can you do that? Maybe if Philly gets back into it, you could. Mm. So it, they do make a lot of sense because Hoskins, mm-hmm. you know, obviously yep. is out this year, but he's also a free agent. Yep. Um, Heck, that might so, be a guy that Mariners target <laughs> to replace Ty France this winter. But right. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think they make a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I think you have to be open to trading Ty France, and you're not trading him for prospects. No, no right? No. You're trading him for essentially. You want Ty France. You just want him to play second or or left field. You know that's what you right. want. So it's like trading well, Ty it, France for Ty France. It's just France this year. I mean, the bat. Obviously, he's been an above league average bat. Yeah. You know, by WRC plus, he's been, oh, like he's been on fire for the last you know 15 yeah he's had games a, or so. Yeah, he's had a yeah he's he's especially had a really you know good week, 
um, this past week, but <clears throat> the the value there isn't enough to outweigh the the lack of value that he has on the base pass. Um, mm-hmm. How he just straight up hurts you on the base pass, frankly, and how he doesn't you know play a a, a quite valuable position either. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, couple other teams that kind of could use some first base help who are actual contenders or well hmm, might be contenders kind of tough to say mm-hmm. at this stage uh boston 97 wrc plus from their first baseman could you do france for verdugo that'd be pretty interesting yeah um <clears throat> better fit for seattle uh better fit for boston too um milwaukee actually uh is 28th in their first base production. Now they're probably more of a, I don't know. Could you do like Luis arise or, or not arise? Uh, sorry. Uh, Urias. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely. <laughs> yeah, do yeah, Luis yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that, by the way, that, that brings up an interesting point here with, with France that because France doesn't hit for a ton of power mm-hmm. at first base, that's one of the positions that you traditionally need a, a ton of power from he needs to be a high average guy and he's just not a high average guy, at least this year. I mean, it's high average compared to like major league average. Yeah. yeah. Relative to the league average, but you uh, like, if he's not going to hit for power, he needs to be like Yandy Diaz. Right. Sure. I mean, like I don't know. either high I mean, average or high on base. Like he's just, yeah, we're kind of making it sound like Ty France is like a 12 home run first baseman. And that's not what we're saying, but um you know it's it's just not quite ideal and at t-mobile uh that that power is never going to play because france doesn't have tremendous opposite field power and we know how hard it is for right-handed bats with kind of average bat speed to hit home runs uh at at t-mobile so Mm -hmm. um one other team uh for first base before we get to kind of our official trade a day thing Mm -hmm. um ironically san diego Mm. Um, now they have Cronenworth and they gave Cronenworth a big extension, but he is disappointed, uh, this year. Uh, so (coughs) Trent Grisham, like, yeah, the independent. Yes. Uh, (laughs) he's not hitting enough to justify that trade, but there are some options for Ty France. I think trading Ty France is unlikely, but when Jerry talks about teams, you may not be thinking about players. You may not be thinking about. Uh, he's talking about major leaguers and Ty France to me is, is kind of the, the biggest, I guess we'll say name that I could see Seattle trading at the deadline this year. Yeah. I'm not trying to undersell France and it probably sounds like I am, but I'm just, he's not perfect, right? He's not a perfect fit for your, for your ball club, for your ballpark. I don't, I don't think he's here past his uh, club control either. Like I don't think he's an extension candidate. Yeah. And while the bat is above league average, I just don't think that he he does enough in other areas where it's just you can't trade him. Yeah. Like you can't possibly trade Ty France, you know? Yeah. You don't give him away. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. But if you can get a, if you can get Ty France who plays third, like for Ty France who plays first. Yeah. yeah. Or if you can get a slightly worse bat, but someone that maybe bet, hits yeah. for more power and gives you more value on the base pass and defensively, then I mean, yeah. If Ty France is like a 125 WRC plus first baseman and you can trade him for a 
110 WRC plus third baseman who's at least average over there, you probably should do it. Right. You know, assuming the club control is is close even. So, yeah, I just think you have to be open to it. So, you know, I didn't think this was going to be the trade tie France episode, but I do think that it's a it's something that we should be discussing because I think it's I think it's a legitimate chance that they do it. Whether whether they're in it or not, too, by the way. Right. So, so we're running a bit late here, but we've already mm-hmm. talked about quite a few trades, but you you did tease one with Tampa. So let's like let's get into that. Yeah, so it's real just simple. Um, Tampa Bay has a couple of infielders that I think the Mariners will have interest in, and the Rays have the depth to trade for mm-hmm. relievers. Yep. So the two guys that jump out to me right away are Taylor Walls, mm-hmm. second base, shortstop, third base, having a bit of a breakout year. Really was just really in May, and it's kind of eh. But he's a good base runner. The defensive metrics hate him, but like the people who who like this like the scouting community seem to think that he's a really good defender. So I don't know what to think there. Seems to be much better at third than he is at second. But hey, you know what? Eugenio Suarez hasn't exactly locked down third base for this foreseeable future. So if Walls is a third baseman, fine. Walls walks. Strikeouts aren't out of control. He's got some pop. He can steal bags. He's a good base runner. Um, he's a pretty good defensive third baseman, at least by the metrics. And he can play shortstop and second if you need him to in a pinch. I think that's an interesting guy. Um, and also Isak Paredes, uh, third base slash yeah. first base. Uh, right-handed power, so not ideal, not a guy that mm. you know you you love playing um, you know, at T-Mobile. But he's kind of a Eugenio Suarez, really. He's younger Gino, um, more or less, uh, in my eye. And he's having a really good year this year. Uh, so... I think those two guys uh, are really interesting. Uh, I just recently added them to our trade sheet that's available for all patrons. Um, I think they both, they might cost you Seawald. I think Paredes probably does. Um, I think Walls you might be able to get for like Topa and Gott or like Topa and Spire, something like that. Um, So I I think those two guys are, are... Good, uh, good fits who have multiple years of club control at positions the Mariners don't exactly have a an everyday answer at beyond this year. So I, I think Walls and, and Paredes are actually, uh, I think they fit everything that that Jerry talked about. They're on a team that you wouldn't think would trade major leaguers. They're not names that are you know routinely talked about. They have multiple years of club control, which we know Jerry and the Mariners really love. Those are two guys that I and they and the Rays are a team that a are a willing trade partner. B line up with you pretty darn well in what they need and what you have. Um, and C have already shown they're more than willing to trade major leaguers and creative deals. So I think those two guys, I I'd be surprised if like, obviously we'll never know, but I would be, I would be shocked if like Jerry called me and was like, Hey, we don't want those two guys. Like we have no interest in either of those guys. I'd be shocked because I think they're really good fits. And I think Tampa Bay is a really good trade partner. I'm going to bring up another name here, and I know you're tired of me bringing him up, but Jonathan Aranda. No. Why? I mean, yeah, for Trevor Gott, sure. Well, yeah. The Mariners so, need big leaguers. They need guys who have proven they can hit in the big leagues. Okay, fair. But also, if they're just kind of in this position around the deadline, I think Aranda makes a lot of sense. Aranda's no. blocked at the major league level. Uh, he's no. having a really good year at the trip. Uh, do- he's basically left handed Ty France. Like you that's what Perlander the projection Barroa. is. You could do Perlander Barroa and like Trevor Gott. 
for Aranda or Spire. Okay. okay. Yeah, fine. Then I'm in. But yeah, I wasn't I'm, saying Seawald. Of course you are. You're always saying Seawald. You hate Paul Seawald. Sure. Yeah. You guys are as mad at the Mariners as Ty, as much as Ty hates Paul Seawald. Flying on like, my name again. We were, we were going to get Paul Seawald on the show, and Ty's like, no, I don't like that dude. What the hell are you doing? Ty's the only guy in Seattle who doesn't like Paul Seawald. But, uh, on my name. No. Uh, also, Luke Rayleigh, maybe. Eh. Uh, I doubt but, it. Yeah. He's kind yeah, of pushing just, for an all-star berth right now. Like, Yeah, but I mean, like, again, Tampa traded Willie Adamas for two middle relievers, and it worked out for them. <laughs> sure. Like, Tampa's smart. And Rayleigh, do they really think he's this? Maybe, but yeah. I'm just saying, man, Jonathan Aranda really intrigues me. Really I'd rather is. have Paredes, but honestly, sure. I think it's kind of a, a coin flip between Walls and Aranda. Like, I don't know if I like Taylor Walls. Like, I like I like Taylor Walls. I think he's fine. I think he strikes out a little too much uh, for his like skill set, but he walks a ton. Great base dealer. Great overall base runner. Yeah, this year he's showing legitimate pop from the left side. He's a switch hitter. He can play all over the infield. Is he good at any of the positions in the infield? I don't know the answer to that because I'm what my what the stats are telling me, and what other people who watch him every day are telling me are two completely different things. I think he's like where I would land is he's probably a pretty good third baseman who shouldn't be playing second, kind of like the, Abraham Toro. Yeah, the thing for me though is uh, that I I'm getting hung up a little bit on with with walls is is this it. Is this like his ceiling offensively at the major league level? Like, are we seeing that, or, well, or I mean, is there an extra gear? Like a one seventeen WRC plus right now, one thirteen. He's like, like a, but he's, but he's walking. It's mostly he's walking a lot. Right. Well, again, he's he's in a bit of a slump right now, which is why Tampa might be willing to move him. Uh, probably not for a while until they know if they're going to get Lau back. But Tampa has infielders. And obviously, Brandon Lau is a guy that maybe they trade. Is I can't remember. Is he Lau or Low? Nathaniel Low, right? Brandon Nathaniel, Lau. Nathaniel Low, Josh Low, Brandon Lau. Okay, yeah. So, and Lau might be a guy that the Mar. I bet the Mariners are really interested in Lau, but dude has back issues again. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think Walls and Paredes are are two guys who just kind of check every single box uh, that Jerry mentioned in his last. Uh, his last media, uh, he just right down the line and Paredes is the guy for me. Uh, because you know, if, if the Rays think that walls is just a third baseman, like that's his best position, they might trade Paredes. And I think Paredes is, is probably the best available option for a long-term third baseman. I can't imagine that Lau costs a ton now. It's really good club control, but he struggled both at the plate and with injuries. Like last year, he was not good. This year, I don't think he's... you're going to get him for like Seawald straight up. But can you do like, I don't know, Seawald and Hancock and like, is it really going to take that? Because we have a year and a half now ask, worth would, of data. Would you trade? Uh, obviously, we, we got to run, but obviously yeah. the Rays wouldn't do this because they're fine at the position, but just in a vacuum. Would you trade Ty France for Brandon Lau? No. Interesting. No. I'd strongly consider it. Lau's injury history, the fact that for yep. the last, you know, 100 and let's see, 105 games, 115 games, rather, what's, he's been bad. What's like, the best prospect you would trade? And keep in mind, the, the Rays kind of have a 40 man crush. Hancock. Uh, well, I don't think you're getting him then. 40 man crunch. I mean, 
Hancock's not on a 40 man. Yeah, but, he, but they're, he's they're be trading soon, a guy. But he's going to be soon. Right. So. But they're trading a guy off the 40 man. So you could probably include one 40 man guy. Right. Yeah. I'm, would you trade Brash straight up for Lau? Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Any relievers, yes, for me. Mm. For Lau. Not Munoz. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Munoz, no. I'm not I'm not trading him. Seawald, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I could probably wrap my head around it. I you could you could definitely see a deal that's made, like a realistic deal for Seawald where you're like, okay, I get it. Sure. Yeah. I can't really see that for Munoz. But you All never right. know. It only takes one team. I think we got a jet. Mm-hmm. So uh thank you so much for tuning in. Again, um, you can catch the Mariners and the Angels this weekend on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast. With hashtag JP for ASG. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag uh, JP for ASG. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll talk more about that tomorrow. We, we we got sidetracked. We got really excited talking about trades. We love Tweet us at with a picture of your ballot voting for JP Crawford, and you'll be entered to win this Luis Castillo card. Boom. Done. There you go. Outro. There's like five people probably watching at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, some of you have already done Your it. Though, odds just so got you. better. So, so thank you uh, to those that have already entered, and thank you for voting for JP. Um, all right. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Angels this weekend on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners Podcast for Colby Patnode. I'm Tidian Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Lockdown Mariners. That's one word, Lockdown Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you next time. Peace.